when your motivation to lose weight is not God honoring or not God himself, but something idolatrous, like I want to lose weight so I will look better than other people, or I want to lose weight so that boy will like me. I was very good at those. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, some sort of competitiveness yeah. or control yeah. issue, yeah. right? Like yeah. I want to lose weight so that I can be in control. When you do that, you're putting your hope and your faith in something that is not faithful and unchanging like God is. It's something that goes up and down. You're listening to This Life We Live in the Body, which is a podcast about gospel-centered weight loss. On this podcast, we talk about things that the gospel teaches about weight loss, but also what weight loss teaches us about the gospel. I'm Becky Watson, and I'm here with my two sisters, Katie and Sarah. How are you guys today? We are good, good. Becky. <laughs> I'm glad to be back after my vacation. We have missed you. Uh, did not like hosting last week because <laughs> I feel like you give me an external confidence. And I could hear it in my voice when I listened to the podcast. And I was like, oh, my word, Katie, slow down, calm yourself. Maybe it was the coffee. Maybe I don't know what it was, but. You did great, Katie. Oh, thank you. Thank you. To God be the glory. I am happy you are back. I thought, I thought you did awesome. I I was so, I really enjoyed listening to it. I was like, wow, what a great podcast. Julie did so great. uh, She did so great. We will have her return visit. I think she said so many little nuggets of wisdom that I just really Mm -hmm. have gone back to a couple of times on and like, wow, it was really good that she had said that. So yeah, Julie, we're coming for you again. Yeah. Same. I've been thinking about it a lot. And, um, I really thought you did great, Katie and Sarah. That's very um, kind. Thank you. Um, but uh, and I really enjoyed not being <laughs> on it. So that'll happen again. Just uh, but I I do think that it would be hard to do it with you without you two. So I'm glad to have you here as my external confidence. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> let's uh, share our stats. I just got back from vacation, so I have vacation weight. Before I went on vacation, I was. My, my low was 222 pounds and I got back from vacation. I weighed myself the next morning. I didn't weigh myself on vacation, did not bring a skill. A little extra. That. Yeah. Um, and I weighed uh, 227. So I had like five pounds extra. But I was pretty sure that that was not like fat. You know, sure, I, yeah. I felt like a lot of it was water weight because we had had a long car ride and mm-hmm. lots of restaurant food. And I don't, we were very active, lots of walking, and I don't feel like I went crazy. So I wasn't too stressed out. And this morning, so it's been two days, I'm down to 224. So I'm only up two pounds. It's gone down for each of those days. So I'm not too freaked out. I'm excited to get back on track and have more control over my food choice and schedule and everything. So that's where I'm at, 224 today. And I am 5'5". I'm 35 years old. I'm trying to lose weight. Katie, what are your stats today? I'm 33. I'm five, six and a half. <laughs> yeah, I heard that on I that last podcast. <laughs> and uh, I was 133 today, which is a little bit higher than what I've been running. But um, I did eat breakfast before I weighed. So I don't know how much. Three pounds of breakfast. Three pounds of breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> that raisin bran is heavy. <laughs> it is. That's a good point. Uh, yeah, so that's me. So and you're trying to I'm trying to maintain and it's going quite well. A lot of random side effects of doing this podcast have been very interesting to me. And mm. it's kind of all uh, coming on me all at once. I, for the first time in my life, I feel really confident in the way I look <laughs> because Jesus is confident in the way oh, I look. That's amazing. It's a huge, huge difference for Katie. Um, and then something else that's also very random and is a probably a long conversation, but the desire to be modest is growing in my life. I've always uh, had a good body or when I, or maybe even when I was not fat, Katie thought she had a good body, but I was always trying to reveal a little bit more than I should, like just this mentality. And and I know it was in my heart. I don't know if it was as expressed in how I dressed, but it was definitely there in my heart. And this is the first time in my life where I'm kind of like, it's okay not to show everything. Mm -hmm. It's okay not to, not to push these lines. And and in my heart, it's most important. It's okay to 
uh, guard my heart. And that is a very weird, <laughs> but wonderful side effect that I'm experiencing. Well, you know what it is? It's spiritual fruit. Like yeah. when you abide in Christ, he brings forth spiritual fruit. And I honestly have been this, um, not with that particular fruit, but other things been mm. surprised by what fruit he brings forth in my life that I didn't even, wasn't even trying for, wasn't even focused on. But like when you hand God the reins, he, he, brings you to good places. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's where I'm at right now. That's really interesting. I, I think it's really cool of you to share some gospel stats, some gospel success victories as well. And I, I've experienced this too. And, you know, I, there's not a lot of exciting news to share about the scale, especially as I'm like two pounds up because of vacation, but I was able to feel God's increased measure of presence in my eating on vacation, you know, and one of the big ways that this, this got this podcast and God has been working through me is just recognizing to think of myself less, especially when I'm vacation. Mm -hmm. It's so mm -hmm. easy to kind of feel like to, for me anyway, to get obsessed with the fact that I feel like my weight is larger than it should be. And so feel ashamed of that mm -hmm. or feel preoccupied with that and just feel like self-conscious about that. You're going to the pool, you're going to a music park and just all these things. And I just kept thinking about how, because of what's true in my heart and how important it is for me to lay down those expectations and recognize that I need to serve my family by not pre being preoccupied thinking with those things. I just felt like gave me so much more freedom to enjoy my vacation and not like feel, you know, carry that right. burden that right. really isn't needed to be carried. Yeah. What a fun gift. Of that. Yeah, definitely. How about you, Sarah? I am Sarah Dubois. I am 33. I weigh, I'm five feet tall and I currently weigh 131 pounds this week and I am 16, almost 17 weeks pregnant. So yeah, we had a doctor's appointment this week, which was one of those, like, come in, we listen to the heartbeat and then you go home kind of thing. It was not very significant, but baby's heartbeat is strong and healthy. And so that's exciting. Yeah, that's so fun. We've had a really busy week these last week or so. Plus this weekend will be busy too. So I've just kind of been trying to hang in there and keep <laughs> up with life. So, right. You're almost, uh, are you in your second trimester now? Yes, I'm officially yeah. in my second trimester. Which is easier. I mean, it was for me in the second trimester. Mm -hmm. So Yeah. The fatigue is starting to wear off, which is making me go, you know, I should probably start exercising again. <laughs> yeah. But um, it's it's been really good. I feel like I should exercise, but not like I have to exercise to fulfill. Like, I don't feel guilty about not right. getting to it because I'm trying to get other things done. So right. that's kind of nice. I feel like I had a lot of guilt during my second pregnancy about like, I should be exercising. I should be exercising. I should be exercising. But yeah, yeah it's kind of counterintuitive, but it ends up that guilt is not that great of a motivator. It just Never. kind of makes it worse, everything worse. So yeah, yeah, just recognize your, your freedom in that. And when you have the opportunity to just be grateful for the blessing of the exercise. And yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, today, uh, Sarah, you're going to share the gospel with us. Would you be like, yes. that? God just kind of laid the story of Jesus walking on the water on my heart. As we talked about picking our topic for today, which is in summary, I can't be consistent. Matthew 14 verse 22 immediately he made the disciples get into the boat. So he'd been talked, Jesus had been talking to the crowds and he had just fed the 5,000. So he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat by this time was a long way from the land beaten by the waves for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart. It is I do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, oh, you of little faith, why do you doubt? And when they got to the boat, the wind ceased. 
And those in the boat worshiped him saying, truly, you are the son of God. So in this short story, we see miracle, but we also see faith being played out in the heart of Peter. We see Jesus praying in his faithfulness. And I want to focus a little bit on Peter as I talk about gospel in this is that he wanted to be faithful, but he was easily overwhelmed by his surroundings and the things around him. And I feel like we often become overwhelmed by the things around us rather than keeping our focus and our sight on Jesus. And so in this case, we lost it all. We're like Peter, though he wanted to be faithful, though he strived to do it, even he was trying to keep his eyes on Jesus. That was his goal. He wanted to go to Jesus, but he still got overwhelmed by the things around him. He he lost sight. He lost the sight of Jesus and he lost it all. He Mm -hmm. started to sink. He was sinking into the, like into the water. That's kind of terrifying. Yeah. And Jesus did it all for him. Jesus reached out and grabbed his hand and he saved him. He pulled him up out of the water. There is nothing Peter could have done to save himself in that moment. There is no way Peter could have stepped up onto the water miraculously. He had no power to do that. And then in the end, we get it all. We get to lean on Christ in faith. We get the ability that Christ has given us. He stretched out his arm to us and we get to rest in his arms and his strength. And we get to be in God's presence and we get to the knowledge of who he is. We get to know that he is the son of God and get to rejoice in that. So I think that is such a beautiful depiction of the gospel. I don't usually think of the gospel through this story, but it kind of just hit me last night. And I think like Peter, We often are overwhelmed by our storm when we are trying to be faithful, but often I personally just give up and let myself sink, let myself drown when I should turn my eyes on Jesus and let him lead me to the boat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And the, the knowledge that the disciples had after that, and they were filled with, they're filled with awe and fear of Jesus. Their awe turned from the storm and it focused on Jesus as it should be. You know, all these things that we are overwhelmed by are just, they pale in comparison to what we should be overwhelmed by, which is God's presence and his power being right there. Great, great job, Sarah. Thank you for um, sharing that. Yeah, thanks. Uh, Katie, we remind us of how we've been going through our process here. Yes, but you might need to fill in some details because we just talked about maybe throwing a little bit. Yeah, we have a little bit of a curve today. As Sarah mentioned, our topic is I can't be consistent. The lie, I can't be consistent, but I just have a lot of thoughts about consistency Mm -hmm. in general. Mm -hmm. So it might kind of umbrella out beyond the lie, but what do we generally do? Generally do. We we take a lie and we look at what are our actions that we are doing that reveal that we believe. What fruit? What, yeah. So like, what is the fruit that revealed this lie? So if the lie was, I am unlovely. And then some of the fruit that we would have from that lie is dressing a certain way or not dressing a certain way, avoiding the scale, avoiding mirrors, avoiding pictures. So that would be some of the fruit. So then we've been attacking those fruits and then tracing them down to the root of why aren't you looking at the mirror? Why aren't you looking at photos, you know, and tracing down to the root. So the core root belief would be, well, if I'm unlovely, then that means that so-and-so won't love me or God won't love me or I am unlovable or whatever. And then we counteract that base lie with what is the truth and actual truth, like what are Bible verses? What does God really think about you? And very obviously we know right away. Oh yeah. Well, Jesus died for me. He does love me. And even before I believed in him, he loved me at my most unlovable moment. He loved me. And then we take those scripture and those verses that we know, and then we come up and we write out or think of an actual truth statement that, or a conclusion of those verses of Jesus loves me anyway. Yeah. Therefore, I can be confident in the way he has made my body. Right, right. Or something that Julie said last week that when she didn't like her cankles, which we didn't get to tell her cankles run in our family. We are very familiar (laughs) with cankles. But she said that every time she looked at her cankles and hated them, she was spitting God in the face. And that was the truth that she came to understand. And that that is so, so powerful. You know, convicting. Yeah, yeah, that man, when I don't like something about my physical appearance, I'm literally spitting in Jesus's face. So that's our little process that we like to do. 
we've been continually surprised that we come up with different fruits for different roots and different verses and then mm-hmm. different truths. So it's yeah. kind of been a big. And sometimes there's more layers there. Yeah. Than we and, have. you know, another thing that I thought of as you were talking about that is sometimes your fruit is so generic. It's like general angst or mm. stress or worry, you know, and I've been finding myself at, you know, when you're in bed at night or just like in the middle of the day and you're just feeling very like, I have a feeling, right? And how we talked about how sometimes we have that feeling we eat instead of, and it actually have to sit down and be like, okay, what am I thinking? What, what, what is causing this fruit? And then you're like, and then you bring it back one layer and it's something like, I I have this work deadline that I'm worried about, right? And so you have to work it back a couple layers till you find out that like, I need to trust God with my schedule trust mm-hmm. God that he has a plan for me, trust that regardless of my work, you know, like, so, so it's like the right. process itself is a good discipline. Sometimes that root is I've only had caffeine today and nothing else. <laughs> yes. It's I true. Probably, you know, like all of like, oh my word. Yeah. I haven't eaten today. No wonder I'm going fritzo. Or- I know yesterday I had a can of diet mountain dew for lunch and dinner with the iced coffee in between and then i was at bedtime i was like do you think a cup of water now is going to make up for the fact that i have not drank anything but caffeine but it did not narrator voice it did not make up it probably I was up. helped though becky it probably did i really struggled to fall asleep because i had no water just caffeine oh. <laughs> i'm a mess oh. <laughs> mess express we are <laughs> That's all of us. All right. Well, that's what we're talking about today is this idea of consistency. So many people feel this way. I just can't stay consistent. I know what I'm supposed to do, or I've actually done this before, but I can't stick with it. I, I just keep falling off the wagon and you know, months go by and I just can't stay consistent. One of the things I struggled with this is like, that itself is a fruit. I, I was trying to think, is there any fruits even more external than the inconsistency itself? Could you think of any? What immediately popped into my mind is my version of this. And so maybe that's kind of a fruit is that if I can't be consistent, why even try? Yeah. Why that's even try? That's me. It's like day two, I've missed it already. I give up completely done. It's right. not a big, like, like, it's not like, worth trying. like you have a goal of going, exercising five days and then you miss Monday. So you don't go Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Or I something comes up where I can't meet my goal. And so the goal is probably not worth having. It's yeah. It's I think this, that's a definitely a good example. Another, as another example that that spurred then is like, let's say you're starting to eat something, you know, is wrong. Like you can stop, you know, after one bite and say, nope, I'm not going to do this. But how often did we do that? We're like, well, I already got it out. I already cut the brownie. I'm going to eat it. I already ordered the Sonic peanut butter Oreo milkshake. I'm going to eat. How is that? It's such an excellent milkshake. I highly (laughs) recommend it. It's so stupid hot today. I was like, maybe we should go get one. (laughs) so good i've also had ice cream about four days in a row there was a day on vacation where we were going to go to a sonic we were in the was on the way home uh eric was like do you want a cherry limeade i'm like how about a peanut butter milkshake and he's like okay so we got in the drive through and i was like kind of feeling conflicted because i'd done nothing but sit in the car and eat all day because there's nothing else to do because we were driving and and so i was already feeling conflicted and god gave me a grace and that sonic was somehow there are people inside, but they would not come to the window. So it must've been closed or something, or they were just ignoring us or God just blinded their eyes to my car. And so I did not get a, a snack or That's a treat. crazy. What a crazy story. Yeah. The drive up or the drive through? It was the drive through. And then, huh. well, we first stopped at the, I know a the lot speaker, of the... you know, Yeah. and it, no one ever came. No one ever came and no one ever said anything and so then we drove around to the window and we looked in and there's like two girls talking and we're like looking at them and they never (laughs) never funny so yeah how about becky how about and that that we need to do a super huge challenge challenge but how about when you hit 10 pounds lost we will go (laughs) as uh this life we live in the body we'll go together Go get you a milkshake. Sort of counterintuitive. Uh, kind of, sort of. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't have to wait till 10 pounds, but yeah, I will do it. 
So the good part of this is I truly believe that no food is you never can have, right? You just yeah. got to eat, enjoy it in its proper context. So that would be a good context. <laughs> we'll do it. All right. So Sarah said, you know, like if I can't be perfect, I'm not going to try. And mm-hmm. I gave the example of if I started, I won't, not going to stop. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is a lie, right? You can put that down. You don't have to finish it. I liked what I'm a, I'm a big Julie fan today. Mm-hmm. I liked what Julie said last week about being an all or nothing person. And I, and I, I find myself there. I'm all or nothing. So like, if I'm doing good, I'm going to be doing good I'm gonna yeah. go all the way. If I'm right. doing bad, I'm going to do it all bad. Right. Right. Interesting. I, I, I tend to be an all or nothing person too, but I, I think this is kind of um, a good fruit to share as well. When I was in college, I really fear, feared failure. So I was like an overachiever in high school, valedictorian, whatever, like took on hard classes, took on lots of challenges, challenged myself a lot. And when I got to a college, I think I was afraid of not being as good as I thought. Like, not being the best anymore not being the best anymore, not being able to live up to expectations that I had for myself in high school. So I didn't try as hard, so I wouldn't fail. Mm -hmm. Like that wasn't like, well, if I didn't get into the program I wanted, or if I didn't get the A I wanted, it's because I didn't try very hard. So I had an excuse in my back pocket, Mm -hmm. which was not a very healthy way to go about it. And I kind of looked through, but yeah, I think that definitely applies to weight loss because if you become aware of the fact that you are eating too much or you're not sticking to your plan, you can say, that's okay. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, go back and going back to our very first lies that we confronted that God doesn't care about this. Yeah. Like, I mean, God cares about my heart, not my body. Yeah. You know, going through all those lies again. There's a million justifications you can come up with, but it turns out that it's really just you not being honest, not being repentant about things. Um, so yeah, definitely. Okay. Let's move back. Let's move one layer more internal. And this is where I have more thoughts. What could be the root beliefs or desires or thoughts that lead you to be inconsistent or to believe that you are unable to be consistent? For me that I tend to think that my efforts are all that counts. I'm relying on myself and doing Mm. it myself. Mm -hmm. So that's the big lie. I mean, and we could go into where that lie even goes deeper, but I think that kind of summarizes. Yeah, it's the denying that part of the gospel that says this is something God does for us, not something we do for God. Mm -hmm. So one idea I had is that when your motivation to lose weight is not God honoring or not God himself, but something idolatrous. Like I want to lose weight so I will look better than other people or I want to lose weight so that boy will like me. I was very good at those. (laughs) (laughs) Or uh, some sort of competitiveness or control issue, right? Like I want to lose weight so that I can be in control. When you do that, you're putting your hope and your faith in something that is not faithful and unchanging like God is. It's something that goes up and down. So when that idol doesn't fulfill or somehow becomes less important or whatever, you're left with no motivation, right? When that boy breaks up with you, you're going to like dive into the Rocky Road ice cream. You're not going to have anything to fall back on. Or dive into unhealthy expectations for your body. Like, okay, if he doesn't love me at this way, well, I have to be 20 pounds lighter then, you know, and that could be a very vicious, dark cycle. Those idols are cruel, cruel masters. Yes. They, they don't provide you with the steady help that you need and then they punish you on both ends yes ultimately having that kind of motivation is unsatisfying there's no end to it you will continue to drive after these idols whether you meet like whether you meet your goal or not you're going to find a new idol to replace it and go towards that goal or that idol or that thing that makes that you think makes you happy this is really a uncomfortable one Um, I think, because so much of our desire to lose weight is from a sinful place, at least in my experience. It is a vain hope or like a vanity, right? A lot of times there are good reasons for you to lose weight and there are. And so it is a healthy thing to do. But so often we have those sinful motivations to do it. And to 
bring those to God is uncomfortable because we don't want to give that up, right? I want to look better than this other person and I don't want to let that go. Like, I I really feel that. And so it's like, it's almost like disappointing. Well, I don't want to lose weight if I can't look better than someone else. You know, I, but when you, when you make that your motivation, it's not, you're not going to see long-term healthy consistency because it's not God. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I mean, when I did break up with that boy that I was feeling motivated to get thin for, I, that's when I started gaining without even caring, you know, right. it was like, well, because you had had a healthy break from the idol. Yeah. And so and I the, was actually doing a lot better right. spiritually, but chose to ignore that part of my, right. my spirituality. Right. Another root for a lack of consistency is that the method or the, like the rules or the thing you're doing to lose weight is something that's giving you some success on the scale, but is not actually dealing with heart issues. Mm. So yes. it's essentially you're trying to change yourself from the outside in instead yeah. of the inside out. Yes. yes. So like you could starve yourself yeah. all the time and lose weight quickly, probably. Oh, yeah. But you're not dealing with any heart issue about your relationship with food, where God's place is in your life. And so then when you fail with your rules, mm-hmm. then you're just going to fall into complete, you know, lack of self-discipline because you have not worked that self-discipline muscle at all. Right. Um, when I'm going to say this carefully, please listen to what I'm saying, not what I'm not saying. I did the whole 30 diet, which is a great diet. I'm glad I did it. But then there was this moment when after I was losing quite a bit of weight, then I realized I don't have to portion control at all. And that is why this weight is successful because I can literally eat everything I want. I'm not teaching myself to have self-control. And I, I realized that on the diet, which I think is interesting. I think that is, like you said, it's, it's an individual thing. Yeah. Some people probably benefit from changing their diet that way to calibrate what food sure. choices yeah, yeah. they're making. It's not like you're universalizing it, but you're right. When you... When you make some sort of external rule that allows you to do whatever you want, as long as you don't do this one thing, it's not God. That's not the gospel. That's a Pharisee, (laughs) you know, it's legalism. It's it's like when you say, I'm not going to buy ice cream because I know I'll eat it all if I have ice cream in my house. So instead of buying ice cream and having it in your house, you pine over it. You think about it all the time. And then suddenly you're at a birthday party and there's ice cream and you eat like 10 bowls of ice cream. It's right. exaggerating, right. but like yeah. you, ha- you haven't built up the self-control muscle that, that is a fruit of the spirit mm-hmm. and you're completely relying on your rules right. to withhold you. You're- it doesn't, it doesn't mean that you have to have tempting foods in your house. That's not what right. we're saying, but we're saying we need to be dealing with the heart issues, yeah. right? Like if it is part of your heart issues to not have ice cream in the house, for sure do that. Yeah. Um, if it's helping you with your heart issues to do whole 30, for sure do that. But if you are doing something and you're not dealing with the heart issues, you're not going to have consistency yeah, right. because your heart is desperate and wicked. It's going to find a way to trip you up. Satan's yeah. going to have find a way to trip you up. And if you don't have, uh, I mean, if you're not doing the work of root up rooting these disbeliefs, you're just going to find yourself stuck in one way yeah. or the other in idolatry, you know, and not to take us out of talking about weight loss, but I mean, this applies to a lot of sins in our life. If you have a pornography addiction and you're relying completely on all of your like safety, protect, not saying that these are bad, but like the window blockers and everything yeah. like yeah. that. And this accountability systems and everything to keep you consistent. If you want to sin, you will find a way around yeah. it. That's, yeah. that's the yeah. thing. Yeah. You can't rely on those. They can help you. They can be tools that help you, but you can't rely on those as your only method for battling your sins. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Because what, that's a really good analogy because it's uh, something that at least I don't like struggle with. So it like, mm. it seems to like feel more clear to me it and feel so personal. it doesn't feel so personal. So I'm able to like take the speck out of someone else's eye and it helps me see my own plank, right? When someone relies upon the the rules or the safety measures to keep them from sinning, but then they find themselves sinning, they're kind of feeling like 
well, once I'm allowed access, I can't help myself. There's nothing I can do. There's nothing that God can do in my heart that would stop me from sinning. And that's in the pornography example. I'm like, okay, well, that's not true. You need to work. But like in the food analogy, I need to think of it that way too, right? Like just because it's available to me, just because there's a lot of justifications, excuses. It's a party just because it's a holiday. Just because it's in my house, just because I took one bite doesn't mean I need to let myself go all the way, right? Or let let myself take that step of sin. And this is also why we pray or why Jesus taught us to pray that we would not be led into temptation. God, help us resist the sin. Don't lead us into temptation and help us to say no. And the Bible tells us that we have um, the power to say no to all that temptation. Yeah. So um, a third route I have is you are failing to recognize how much grace God has given you when you fail. In the Beatitudes, it says, blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. And I always teach the kids at in Sunday school that one of the applications of this verse is that we should feel sad about our sin. We should mm-hmm. mourn it, right? That's a like fruit of the right. spirit. It's a good discipline to mourn about our sin. But we need to not stay in that period of mourning. We need to move quickly to the part that we are comforted, that we are forgiven. When we forget to embrace that forgiveness and that grace, when we fail, we'll just be like, well, what's the point? I have to stay in this sludge of despair for the next couple of weeks before I'm ready to repent. But how much better could our life be if we just said, you know what? I'm going to repent right now after this one bite too many. And I'm going to do the right thing. How much more success would we yeah. have? How much more consistency would we have when we would be quick to repent, quick to recognize we're forgiven, quick to realize that Jesus did it all and we we get it all yeah. instead right. of just sticking around in the I lost it all. Yeah. That's yeah. not the gospel. Just I lost it all. Yeah. You have to have the good news for it to be the gospel. Yeah. Every Lots of cultures and religions realize they lost it all. Right. Not all of them, but yeah. a lot of them do. The difference is, is that we get it all because yeah. Jesus did it all. Yeah. Jesus really loves you, really has forgiven you. You really are clothed in his righteousness. You do not, you have been freed from sin. You do not need to stay in that slavery. Even if you mess up, you do not have to stay there. You can turn around and go home. Like think of the prodigal son. He waited till he hit rock bottom when he was feeding those pigs. But if he had, if he had turned around before he left his, you know, like he's just down the road after he's leaving his father's house. He said, this is stupid. Turns around and goes back to his father's house. Like how much more blessing, right? Like you, you don't have to wait till you go to rock bottom. You can turn around and repent right away. You don't have to wait until Monday. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You don't have to wait till the new year's resolutions. You don't have to wait. You just, just today, just in the moment right now, now, now. I'm going to change my mind right now. That can be in the middle after a meal whatever right now is you need to, you need to change right now. And yeah, that rejoicing that you've been forgiven, you know, over that one bite can be forgiven right now. Yeah. And then you could go about the rest of your day, not feeling guilty about it. Right. When Dan and I were in children's teaching children's, we like to teach them the word repent means to go the other direction. Literally you turn 180 degrees and start walking in the other direction. And we can do that at any time, at any moment. Feeling guilty is not repentance. Repentance is going the other direction. Yeah, great point. Great point. It's more than beating yourself up. In fact, beating yourself up isn't even part of it, right? You don't even need to do that. Right. You Just need- repent yeah. and turn around and go the right yeah. way. Yeah, I feel like another angle of this would also be like, well, I overate yesterday, so I'm going to starve myself today. Yeah. Eat anything. Yeah. And that is not healthy either. You know, you- that's setting you up for failure yeah. when you're too hungry right. later. Right. But then also setting you up for more sin because then don't even know this. You get real cranky when you yeah. haven't had enough blood sugar. You sure, it's true. You're not pleasant to the loved ones around you. You do need to eat something. Yeah. Eating nothing is not the right response to cleaning up from yesterday. When you look at your diet from a gospel perspective, you shouldn't try to make up for the mistakes you made yesterday. You start fresh every morning. You do the right thing every day. Right. It's right decision, small, right decisions for a long time. Yep. Yep. And building up that muscle of self-discipline and building up that muscle of repentance and self-control. Is that different than self-discipline? Um, 
No, yeah. I mean, like, I, I think they both are important. Okay. Um, I feel like self-control is stopping you from doing something yeah. and self-discipline is making yourself do something. So you need both of those and you need to just get used to getting back on the wagon. Yeah. Okay. You're going to mess up. You just get used to it and get, just don't give up. Start over. Yeah. Lots of starting over. You could start over five times in an hour. It doesn't matter. Just, you know, keep starting over. And this is just a good reminder of what our gospel faith looks like. You start over every time you sin, you are tarnished and you repent and you turn to Christ and you move on. Like that's how our faith should be is that we're continually stopping what we're doing and turning. Right. And it's that's like like Peter, you know, he took his eyes off of Jesus and then he put his eyes back on Jesus and he constantly and Jesus's hand is out. Yeah. 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 Um, And then the last route I have for lacking consistency is when we put our focus on seeking consistent results Mm. instead of seeking consistent faithfulness on our own parts. So this is another example of trying to change ourselves from the outside in instead of the inside out. We are obsessed with getting that scale number to move down or the sizes to move down. And that will not be a constant fall. That will be spiky. It will, there'll be plateaus. It's going to be inconsistent just because of biology, right? So instead of being so obsessed with that, turn our attention to consistent habits on our part. And in a gospel focus, I would say, seek first the kingdom of heaven. All these things will be added on you. There's so many different tips, practical tips. We talked about those ourselves. There's so much like wisdom. There's so many different diets and methods, you know, like what, how much, like what kind of working out works best, what kind of water intake, blah, blah, blah. Nutrition. It's like endless, right? It's too complicated. Just seek Jesus first, Mm -hmm. abide in Christ first, Mm -hmm. put his, forget about all the other stuff, at least for the moment, and say, I'm going to prioritize my relationship with God above all else. And I'm going to let him and his wisdom lead me. I mean, in my experience, he brought wisdom into my life and even prompted me to do things like drink water and not skip the gym. And this is enough, Becky, you've had enough. There's that's again, not saying those other structures that you know work well for you are wrong, but you have to deal with the heart issue first. So mm-hmm. When you look over your week and you haven't lost weight, instead of freaking out, doing a Google search about trying to lose stubborn belly fat or, you know, working three hours on the stair stepper or starving yourselves, instead of doing that, just seek God, go to God in prayer, read your Bible, say, I don't care about everything else. I'm going to read my Bible every single day this week. And then just at the end of the week after that, say, okay. What do I need to adjust? What do I need to do? Because we need to abide in Christ if we want the fruits of the spirit to come out in our hearts and in our lives. Or even asking God, God, what do I need to adjust? What am I hanging up my life on other than you in those Bible times that you're focusing on every week? Right. You're right. You're exactly right. Like if you have that close relationship with God, you have that conversation with him. Why am, why is the scale at a plateau right now? And God has always answered me. I don't know if that's a personal thing. I'd be like, God, why isn't it working? And he could say, what about this sin? What about this thing? You haven't been drinking water. You haven't been sleeping enough, staying up late for silly reasons. You need to take care. And it's like, yes, I know what I need to do next. And I think it's ourselves and our justifications that make this process really complicated because it really is simple. And we need God to just like be a lamp unto our feet on the, on these things. Absolutely. I've said this before, but I have been surprised as of late of how often he does speak to me, how quiet it is and annoying Mm -hmm. (laughs) because he is telling me, no, it's not good. Not good. Uh, Last night we went out for ice cream for, uh, to celebrate the end of the school year. And I got an ice cream cone, which I never do. I eat ice cream slow so I hate getting a cone. It was so hot. And I remember I was like halfway through and I'm like eating as fast as I can because it was like falling apart and dripping all over the place. And I heard it like, this is why we don't do ice cream cones, Katie. Like this is too hard for you. You know, you're eating too fast. You're not enjoying it. You're not 
it was no, it was not enjoyable at all. You know, I was just trying, cause I was so stressed out about it. And, <laughs> you know, I need to listen to Jesus that I cannot do ice cream cones. <laughs> That's real sad. I love a right ice cream cone. You'd be so proud of me. I got sprinkles on it. Oh my goodness. Uh, twist with sprinkles is my favorite. Oh, twist. I did vanilla with sprinkles. But well, there's your problem. <laughs> when we were kids growing up and we get ice cream, I would always eat my ice cream really fast and then usually could finish Katie's for her because she took so long and would get tired of it. So I was like to save for that. I thought cream. that was a like a bonus that like I would get like an ice cream cone and a half because Katie was so slow in it. You're welcome. <laughs> You're still slow in it? Just Yeah, I am. Why why is it take you so long? I want I want to enjoy it and I want it to melt in my mouth before I swallow it. I don't want an ice cream. Oh my egg. goodness. Well, yeah, but do you want it like dripping over your hand? Well, that's why we get it in a cup. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> okay. We're still able to file that away, but Katie is crazy. File that away. <laughs> Put it in there. Put it in there. Lots of other things, too. What kind of scripture would you apply to this situation? It kind of depends on what route you have. Yeah. So when it came to scripture, I know with this issue, my heart was most mostly resting in that I am being unfaithful and I'm trying to rely on my own abilities. So I, I have a handful of scriptures, I guess, um, that basically I'm just turning my eyes towards Christ. Mm-hmm. So the first one that was really good for me was second Timothy two thirteen, And it says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful for he mm-hmm. cannot deny himself. It was just a reminder to me that no matter how faithless I am, how much I'm relying on myself, that God is going to continually be faithful to me. He's just waiting for me to repent. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I also liked Philippians 1, 6, uh, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Continuing that theme of that my work is not really my own, but yeah. that God is going to be yeah. faithful. Um and then Psalm 73, 28. But for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the Lord God my refuge that I may tell of all your works. So all of those are pointing my eyes to Christ, to God and his faithfulness, and that it is his work and not my own that really makes a difference in my life. Amen. I mean, God is so faithful to us and we're just so selfish and we're so foolish to put it on ourselves or some other idol, you know, my, of the roots that you mentioned, the one I've struggled with most often is um, the method isn't dealing with the heart issue. And so um, for me, Matthew 22, 37, Jesus replied, love the Lord, your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment and the idolatry of, of the diet or my shape or the clothes has been strong. Reminding myself, the first and greatest commandment is loving God first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Part of the, the, the first commandment, right? Like yeah, you shall no. no other gods before me. It's a commandment. It's not something, it's not just that God works better for losing weight. It's you've been commanded to not put anything before him. So even if somehow putting God first would cause you to gain weight instead of lose it because you aren't focused on being hotter than someone else, then you need to do that. Like God is more important than your other motivations and whether or not you find it satisfying in the moment, you need to do that. But we need to remember that he does satisfy us. He feels the hungry with good things. That's Psalm 107. When we have those bad motivations of those evil desires, we can trust him Mm -hmm. that he will be worth, he will Mm -hmm. be better than those things that we think we want. Yeah. I thought of Second Peter 1. He has given us his uh, very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Okay, that applies, right? And he says, for this reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection and to mutual affection love. If you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. When you read that through a weight loss lens, you're like, yes, yes, yes. And then my favorite part at at the end, therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. 
and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, Peter, he stumbled, he messed up, but he recognized that God was continuing to work on him. He was adding these qualities, goodness, faith, godliness, mutual affection, love, and helping him understand that he has been cleansed from past sins and he will have success and victory in the future. How wonderful is it to know that when we lose weight through the cleansing of our sin and that we're able to have success and victory through Jesus, that we don't need to worry about all of it, you know, like falling off the wagon and like gaining all the weight back. Our bodies might gain weight again. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the fact that it's not dependent upon us. And our faithfulness to our spiritual growth and maturity, it's, is going to fail, but God's never will. He will always finish the work he's started. And I think it's important for us to remember that sometimes our plan for our lives is not God's plan for our life. It kind of reminds me of Julie's story last week, how she talked about um, she lost all that weight when her niece was sick um, because she was so stressed out. She started running and it had kind of changed her body and it changed like how she, like the structure of her day and everything. But I mean, that was not her goal was to lose weight. God was working on her in a totally different way. Sometimes the ways that we want God to work on us are not the, the ways that he has planned for us. He might be wanting to us to focus more on our dependence on him, or um, there's some struggle coming up. So we need to be strong in our faithfulness or, I mean, there's just so many things that it could be that God wants to work on us, maybe our weight and how we're treating food is not that important to him right now. So, I mean, we could have that goal and we could be trying to work on it, but God could be trying to work on our lives in a different way too. I think that I would tweak what you're saying, Sarah, in that our sanctification, regardless Mm -hmm. of what it's about, is always going to be important to him. So your relationship to food is important to him, but whether or not that translates into actual weight loss Right. might be, might not be part of his plan, right? Like part of the, one of the things I had to do spiritually is say open-handedly to God, if you don't want me to lose weight, I will still serve you, right? He could get, put me on a medication that causes me to gain a bunch of weight. He could give me an illness or something. We do have to be open-handed with results, but we can claim boldly the promise that he will help us conquer the sin of idolatry to food. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's not what I'm saying, but maybe God has something more important, more, something more pressing in our lives. You don't always get to choose the spiritual fruit that he brings forth. Yeah, I can see that. Reading Romans 6 and applying it to weight loss is quite interesting also. So Romans 6, 11, in the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive in God in Christ. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies so that you obey its evil desires, Right. Number verse 13, do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness for sin shall no longer be your master because you are not under the law, but under grace, you know, and that pulling you out of this cycle of, well, I screwed up. So I'm just going to keep going, keep going, keep going. Look at who you're putting as your master of your life. You're not letting God be the master. You're not letting God's grace be the, be your determining factor. Mm-hmm. You're just wallowing in your sin. You're just rolling like a pig in the mud, just, right. in, just loving the dirt versus getting out of there and, yeah. and trusting who your master really is. And if you have experienced victory over the sin in your life, you know that it is better than indulging all of your sinful desires when it comes to food, to have mastery over it, to eat no more than you're supposed to, and to have self-control and self-discipline is, it doesn't feel horrible. It feels like freedom. For Mm -hmm. sure. I'm at that point where I am not on a diet. I don't restrict myself from any food, but I do watch how much is coming in, Mm -hmm. you know, and and, then and how's it, that feel? Does it feel oh, such... like a drudgery? <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, there's great freedom there. I feel like when I'm doing well, it's like that verse, don't be drunk with wine, but filled with the spirit. I just feel like I'm not overindulging in my food because I'm filled with the spirit. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm eating it 
and I'm enjoying it, mm-hmm. but I'm not needing it because yeah. I'm full with Christ. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and that's just such a wonderful feeling that you enjoy the food more, you enjoy your life more, your life is more full than when you are enslaved to your desires yeah. and being that enslaved, yeah, enslaved to your desires. You, it's, it occupies all your thoughts and you can't wait to think about what's my next snack, which my mm-hmm. next meal and think about it all day. You know, sometimes it's fun to think about a meal coming up because you enjoy a meal, but uh, it's a fine line before it becomes an idol. Right. Right. Well, how would you formulate the truth when you have that moment of weakness and you're feeling like either frustrated when you don't see the consistent um, results that you want and you feel like, what's the point? Or you start down the wrong path and you're like, well, it's too late. What, what kind of truth are you going to say to yourselves next time? I would, I would look at, okay, if I'm not seeing physical consistency in my life, what is the health of my spiritual consistency? Mm-hmm. I would, I would always transfer to that. So if, if I'm having a, at the end of the week, if my weight is higher than it was when it started, okay, where, how did I do spiritually this right, week? Right, right. Where did I read my Bible every day? Did I, did I pray every day? Did I, I bet it's more related than you expect. I bet you too. I was kind of on a similar track, but um, that my try isn't what will keep me focused. Keeping my on my eyes on Jesus will. Mm. Yeah. So. Yeah. I was going to, I just really was struck with that verse Sarah read is that I'm faithless, but he is faithful. Mm. And so just leaning on God and saying, you need to do this because I am unable to do it on my own. And that will just calibrate things and he will help you do it. Katie, would you be willing to close this prayer? Absolutely. Father God, we thank you for being faithful to us. We thank you for reaching your hand out and grabbing Peter out of the waves. Lord, as you have your hand there ready to grab us when we are sinking in our sin, Lord, we praise you for being quick to forgive and that we can um, be fully forgiven of our sins, the sins of overeating um, 20 seconds ago or overeating yesterday. Lord, we praise you that you forgive us. Lord, help us to um, rejoice in that forgiveness and to stand strong when we are faced with temptation. Lord, thank you for um, for your gospel and for loving us and for saving us. We praise you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Well, um, now that I'm back from my vacation, now that you're back, let's do an update on our phone intermittent fasting challenge. Um, how did you guys, have you been doing that for the last couple of weeks? Uh, yeah, I have. I have. Um, I kind of, I don't know. I don't feel like I had a super huge problem with it um, because it's kind of been a habit that I've been doing for a while. But uh, so I think it went okay. Good. Yeah. I found that it was harder when my schedule was different. So I work a an as needed job, kind of like substitute pharmacist type job um, is the best way I can describe it. So on the days that the random days that I worked, I felt like my rule kind of had to get thrown out the window. It was totally different. My moments where I could look at my phone, like could actually sit and look at my phone. I'd like binge because like suddenly I have my phone. Um, But on days that I had my regular stay at home kind of schedule, it was off and on difficult. Sometimes it was really like on my days that I was tired or I was avoiding something were the days that it was really hard to keep my fo- put my phone down and leave it alone. So, Yeah, that's how I felt the first week as just being really convicted that it wasn't something important to do because it was revealed to me where I felt weak and where I felt tempted. Um, the second week I had more victory. And one of the cool things that I learned through the intermittent fasting process is it gave me a greater ability to turn it off. Um, Hmm. when I didn't just go to it, when I went to it with a more, um, intentional way, when I started feeling, you know, you're just like scrolling and you're like, uh, that, that, that little interaction stresses me out a little bit, or that post makes me feel worried or whatever. And I'm just like, you know what? I didn't just shut this. And I had like a greater ability to shut off. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. and I really did spend less time on my phone because you only really have 15 minutes of Facebook all day. It lasted all day. Like usually yeah, I never, yeah. never get to oh, yeah, yeah, never even use it. So, I mean, I use it right away, like in the morning or whatever. So um, it was a good exercise for me. 
Yeah. Um, I have a new challenge this week, if you guys are up for it. Pro pro probably not, again, one that will be better for me than for you, because, like, you are both all or nothing, and you don't, like, struggle with anything. But and I'm competitive. You are very competitive. <laughs> <laughs> so I have, um, I have not, up until this week, been actually tracking my food. Okay. I've been doing mm -hmm. it sort of, like, ad hoc, and I just think that that is not working. It's sure. like I'm eating more than I realize because I'm not writing it down. Yeah. So I started three days ago writing down everything that I eat. And I'm not even super trying to stay under a certain calorie amount. Okay. I mean, I am sort of, but like, um, it's more about writing it down than it is planning ahead at this point. Cause okay. I want to like, kind of look back over a week and be like, okay, where is, you know, is this the calorie Count I want to be at or yeah, whatever. Yeah. So if you're a if the listener is like a new to weight loss, don't don't freak about eating something different. Just start writing down everything that you eat. Do you do and, it in an app and count calories? Or, yes. Okay. Yeah, that's what I do. Okay. Um, is that what the challenge is for me? Um, not necessarily. Okay. Just tracking what you eat, whatever okay. is most what's easiest to you. And I think that it's it's a good way to, it's a good look in the mirror. Like, yeah. what are you actually eating? Right. This might not be like something you do every day for the rest of your life. It's not no. sustainable. I've tried, I've tried it. I've mm. tried this weight loss method like long-term before and it works for a while, but then after a while it's, it's not sustainable. It takes extra time. Takes but, extra time. And yeah. I think that you can train yourself to know like Katie's at the point where she can know if she's eating too much mm -hmm. because she's done it for a long time and she knows how to, but I think that my baseline, my stomach is at like the wrong level and yeah, I need mm -hmm. to calibrate it yeah. with what is and is not appropriate. So that's how I'm going to do it. Right. I don't know. You don't eat. No, I'm all for it. You are. I, I mean, I, um, I weigh myself every day and I used to always log it, but now that I'm in this, like mm -hmm. maintaining, yeah. I think it's not as fun. So I only put in my lows, not my, yeah, <laughs> I feel tempted to do that myself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then, I mean, on that app, I can also add food. So yeah, I'll do it. Okay. Yeah. I'll do it. It's a good calibration technique to see where you're at. I would also yeah. challenge you, Becky, to try and see how many, see if you're getting enough fiber and protein. <laughs> Yeah. No, that's those huge. are really hard to get for me at least. Yeah. Yeah. And if you so. do that, if you stay under your calorie count and you get enough fiber and protein, your weight will fall. It's just like It'll that's do. just science that, that will happen. <laughs> those are the two items that make you feel full longer. That's a tongue twister, mm -hmm. is protein and fiber. So especially if you're getting a lot of protein and fiber at breakfast, it's gonna make a huge difference throughout the rest of your day. Well, it's protein helps you build muscle, which Mm -hmm. um, is good for your body composition mm -hmm. and, and burning calories and becoming stronger. So yeah, it'll also reveal the calorie counting and reading what you eat, how much carbs take up, mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, weight loss is always cut your carbs, cut your sugars because those are small things going down, mm -hmm. but big things on the numbers. Yeah. Yeah. This is not a, um, you can no never on this podcast will we say you can never eat this thing. No, That's I, I believe you know because God said to Peter, you know, kill and eat. You can eat whatever you want. Like yeah. there's no good or immoral foods. I was going to try to make a joke of something I can't stand. You know that like we could say they could. I can't think of something I don't like. Like all the cantaloupe. Foods. Never eat cantaloupe. It's disgusting. Uh, I, I can. <laughs> our dad loves canned lima beans while they're cold. Really? Yeah. Interesting. And it's disgusting. And you know what? Lots of calories. A lot of bean. I don't know. It's probably better than <laughs> pizza rolls, though. It's probably a lot of protein, though, too. Yeah. You usually have a lot of protein in them. Yeah. Yeah. So we're not going to say any food is bad, but there's some foods that you'll get more nutritional value for their calorie punch. Yes, so. they will. Yes, they will. But like at the, we said at the very beginning, you know what to do you most likely know what you need to do you know and we're just here to take your hand with you and and walk through what is the bible saying about this yeah i was talking to my sister-in-law kelsey and she's like and we were both in agreement that like we've been christians for a long time and we've never applied the gospel to our bodies this way and how it also feels, oh my word, this is so obvious. How is this something that we have missed for so long? And that's just all what we're doing here is right. 
walking through what does the Bible say about your body? And so it's about opening up your whole life to God. Yeah. And I have found that the whole topic was a huge box of stuff that I wasn't dealing with. You know, like there's a lot of stuff in this box that yeah. that God needed to deal with in my heart yeah. and, and that I wasn't ready to give him. And it felt a lot more close than some of the other sermons I've heard, you know, like a lot more convicting than. Yeah, yeah for sure, for sure. So, thank you everyone for listening. Um, please follow us on uh, Instagram and Facebook. And in the meantime, keep your eyes on Jesus because he is the author and perfecter of your faith. You are beautiful, darling. There is no flaw in you. Remember who you are.